0: What's going on, Third Street? God is good. I don't think anybody has a better entrance before they preach than Third Street. We could, we could literally go in just off of our bumper videos. Yes, sir. I uh, echo Corey. I truly missed you guys. When I woke up this morning, I was like, I can't, (laughs) I can't wait to get to church. It really felt like we had like a four-month break. I don't know. I don't understand why. It's really only been seven days, fourteen days if you really think about it, but. Thank you for uh, being here with us today. And I get the pleasure to jumping off our new series uh, for freedom's sake, for freedom's sake. Um, It comes from Galatians chapter five, verse one. And it says, it is for freedom's sake that Christ has set us free. And um, for me personally, um, I really gravitated to the scripture in 2023 and it was for the the first part of the scripture where it says it's for freedom um, I've seen the scripture before I've read it I've read it in different translations I, I actually think that I've heard people preach on it but for whatever reason in 2023 when I was when I was uh, in one of our classes I want to say it was our summer study and I seen it it was for freedom I realized that for me it was telling me that I have been set free, but it wasn't for me, it was for freedom. It's almost like freedom is this different or this other person that is able to actually contagiously connect with everyone else, right? So it's for you that I have been set free. It's it's for you that Corey has been set free. It's for you that Roz has set free. Can we, can we, can we? Everybody understand where I'm going with that part so I can move forward? And then it says, stand firm then, right? Stand, stand firm in your freedom. And do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So literally this morning, that part caught me a little bit. Because when I think of slavery, I think of something that you're forced into. And if slavery is always something that you're forced into, into then the scripture wouldn't have said, don't let yourself. Uh-huh. See, slavery isn't always physical. It's not always the chains. It's not always the the literal imprisonment. It's not always the walls, the boundaries. Sometimes slavery is is here. This scripture, I believe, is talking about the slavery that happens right here. I want to make sure that you recognize that you were not created to be bound. God did not create you to be in chains. He didn't create you. to to have to worry about the walls that you have to put up. He didn't create you to have to worry about the walls that you have to tear down. Before this series is over with, we want you to recognize that God has created you to be free. And it is for the sake that when you become free, you will literally go out to free others. Before this series is over, we want you to recognize that there is freedom in Christ Jesus, even when sometimes your circumstances look like chains. And lastly, we want you to know that your freedom is not for you. Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is injustice everywhere. I really love that quote. But in the same way, slavery anywhere is a threat to freedom everywhere. I really want to talk to you guys a lot about freedom today, if you haven't noticed. I want to talk to you about being free from trains, being free from imprisonment, being free from a shackled mind, being free from a shackled spirit. I want to talk to you about being free to to, to feel like you're capable of speaking out, crying out, praising, worshiping, praying, wherever it is that you may be. I feel like 2023, it had a great, like Corey said, it had a great uh, stamp. It put a great stamp on our church. Like we, we are going in places that I, I literally could not wait to get here to be a part of our service because I know, uh, I know with, I won't even say that part. That's an inside joke. Um, I know that with the favor that Corey Hunka has with God. That when God tells this dude, hey, I got something for you, he gets it, right? And that's our leader. And our leader is about to get some stuff. And because he's going to get some stuff, we're going to be the recipients of that stuff. But within having all that stuff, could you imagine? Could you imagine everything that you've ever asked for being right there in front of you? But when you go out to grab it, all you hear is the shackles of the chains that are on your hands. The chains that you have created, you have created. Remember, the the, the scripture says, it says, do not allow for yourself to go back into the the, the chains, the, 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 the stocks that you've put your feet in so that you can't move the way that I wish y'all. I wish y'all. I wish y'all was 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 in my mind right now. The chains that you have put your own hands and wrists into, that you can't even reach out far enough for the things that God has for us in our community this year. I refuse to be allowed to be the person who brings forth the first message of this year, and I don't talk to you about your freedom that you have one thousand percent ownership of. And the question that God allowed for me to type was, how can you be free and silent? He told me there is a sound of freedom. My wife came home sometime earlier last week, and she said, there's a movie I need you to uh, uh, listen to or watch, rather. It's called The Sound of Freedom. And she told me what it was about. And when she told me what it was about, I'm be honest with you, I was like, yeah, I really don't want to watch that. But I had had a conversation with Corey literally same day. And he was experiencing, because of his trip, the same exact, trying not to cry, the same exact thing that this movie was about, right? And in the movie, there's a, a scene where these kids, get to experience freedom and they're singing and they're making a noise and the gentleman looks at him and he says what are they doing what is that and the guy says that's the sound of freedom I promise you freedom it has a sound and it has to go forth Jesus entered the temple and he drove out all of the people that were selling and buying all of these different things in the temple, right? And he overturns these tables and the money changers and the seats and all of the things that were disrupting the church. And he said to them, it is written, my, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. And it says that once the church was where the church was supposed to be, that's when the blind and the lame came in. That means that the blind and the lame were not in the church when they were supposed to be in the church because the church wasn't what the church was supposed to be. But when Jesus made sure that the church was what the church was supposed to be, then the blind and the lame, those who needed healing, those who needed actual physical freedom came in. And the Bible says, then they were healed. He cured them. And the chief priests and the scribes, the scribes, they saw these amazing things that he did. But what did they hear? They heard the children of God crying out. He, they heard the sound of freedom. Hosanna to the son of David. And it made them angry. They said, what are you doing? What are they doing? And he said, Jesus said, have you never read out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies? You have prepared a praise for yourself. You have prepared prepared a sound, right? Of freedom. When Jesus was entering in his triumphant entry. It said that they took their robes off and laid it on the, on the path. This was after they went out and got the, got the colt that Jesus told them to get and they untied it and they brought it to him and he got onto it and then he went out and it says they took off their cloaks and they, they spread it on the road. And as he was approaching the path of Mount Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise. They praised Jesus joyfully with a loud voice because they had witnessed all the deeds of his power. Could you imagine being Peter from the point of you will become a fisherman of men all the way three years later to the triumphant entry when you have seen the mute no longer be mute and you had seen the deaf no longer be deaf. You had seen the dead no longer be dead You had seen people who were not capable of walking being capable of walking. People who were not in their right mind be in their right mind. People who were in chains no longer be in chains. They had seen freedom. And they gave out a sound of freedom. And then again, here come the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Stop them. What are they doing? I'm hearing blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. I'm hearing peace in heaven. I'm hearing glory to the highest. Order your disciples to stop. And he said, I tell you this. If these were silent. If these people who came to church today. Who've seen the glory of God. Be silent. The people who he raised up this morning. Gave breath to their lungs. The people who have witnessed me be great over and over again. If these people would be silent. The stones would cry out. The Bible says that he went on to weep. Over the whole city of Jerusalem. He said, if you would have recognized on this day, if I could have heard the sound of freedom from this whole city who recognized who Jesus is, you wouldn't have to go through what you're about to go through. This is the crazy thing. We ain't even got to the scripture yet. Can we get Acts chapter 16 up here? Yeah, y'all missing the game tonight. I have y'all here by four. Cowboys will be on. Browns ain't playing their starters. I don't care. So what we see in Acts chapter 16, verse 16 through 21, is we see Paul and Silas dealing with issues that Paul always deals with. Right? So Paul sees this woman who has divination, a spirit of divination. She's She's a soothsayer, if that's the correct word. She likes to tell the future. She likes, to, she likes to be the prophecy of the darkness. She's capable of telling people anything. She's the Dionne Warwick of the, of the New Testament. But she has some handlers. I always know when I say a good joke because I look to the back, if Corey's smiling, it was funny. She has some handlers. She's got a couple of people who's pretty much like her manager, the Don King of her situation. And they become angry because what ends up happening is she recognizes the spirit that resides in Paul and Silas and she starts following them around saying, hey, these dudes is for real. These dudes really hold salvation. These dudes really do the things that you think that I'm capable of doing. Y'all should listen to them. And the Bible says that, that Paul becomes grieved. Depends on what translation. Some of it says that he became annoyed. Me and my wife was talking about what it was that he was grieved about. I want to I feel like he was grieved with the, with the thought process that she was actually being controlled by a spirit that he didn't want her to be controlled by. He felt like this was something that she should not have to go through. And because of it, he turns around and he don't say, hey, will you shut up? But he speaks to the spirit of the situation and he tells the spirit what to do, and the spirit leaves. The woman is healed, right? And then the, the Don Kings of her situation become angry because now you're messing with my finances, you, you're jacking up my pockets because Dion Ward was bringing in that dough for me. So they take him to the chief magistrates. They take them to the chief officers and they say, hey, these Jews right here, they made sure they said Jews, because at this point in time, this is when being a Christian was not the good thing to be. This is when being a Jew was not a good thing to be. In a couple of chapters, they're going to kick the Jews out of Rome altogether. So they make sure they say, hey, these Jews, they're they're, they're causing problems. They're making us uh, 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 try to follow these customs and laws that we know that... uh, I don't know who's the leader at this point in time. I'm going to say Julius Caesar. I know it's not Julius Caesar, but I know if I say Julius Caesar, everybody will know I'm talking about the leader. You know the leader doesn't allow for us to just be following these rules all willy-nilly. So what happens is the crowd joins in on the attack against Paul and Silas. It's crazy how the crowd was just on their side. But then once somebody with a little bit of authority has something to say, next thing you know, you you flip flopped on Paul and Silas and now you're attacking them and the magistrates ordered them to be beaten with rods. Now, I looked up the the, the, the Roman policy. Normally, when it says in, 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 in literature that someone was stripped, it does not mean that their clothes were taken off by hand. It means that they were beaten off of them. So by the time that this flogging is over with, Paul and Silas are bloody, they're bruised, they're beaten, and they're butt naked. And then they're thrown into the prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Now, um, again, Roman prisons, Grecian prisons. The, the, the jailer uh, didn't go to school for this job. This normally was just a poor man who was given the responsibility to look over people. And if the person is supposed to be killed and he escapes, you take his punishment as the jailer. If the per- person is supposed to be beaten with 39 lashes, but he escapes, that jailer takes the 39 lashes. So when they say, hey, we're commanding you to guard them carefully. This jailer recognizes it's my responsibility to make sure that these dudes don't escape. Otherwise, I'm going to take their punishment. So when he received these orders, he don't put them where he normally would put someone who's just in jail. He puts them in the inner cell. There were outer cells. And if you're in the inner cells, that means there's more doors that have been closed behind you. There's, there's a, a, a lesser Capability for you to actually be able to escape. And just in case, I'm gonna fasten your feet in the stocks. The stocks were this wooden thing that you would put your feet through. Sometimes they would have uh, the, the two holes at the bottom and the two holes at the top, so you would put your hands through the the, the top part and you would put your feet through the bottom part, and it really was uh, uncomfortable. It would cause for you to cramp up. Has anybody here ever been mid-strive? and get a cramp and you have the capability of 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 doing one of these numbers right here where you can you can try to stretch it out and and get the cramp out just imagine being in one of these stocks and you're butt naked because you just got beaten almost to death and you get one of those cramps but you can't move i don't know if anybody i don't know if anybody's like on my social media and you've seen when jordan caught a cramp and i was laughing and i had it recorded but he was cap actually capable of getting the cramp out Nothing to do with nothing. Just me, me, me. Brings me to my... Oh, I ain't done reading yet. I'm sorry. Keep going. About midnight... This is the best part. I almost... I almost messed up everything. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once, all the prison doors flew open, and everyone's chains came loose the jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped but Paul shouted don't harm yourself we are all here the jailer called for lights rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas he then brought them out and asked sirs what must I do to be saved can we go to point number one My first point is they are listening for a sound. What was your sound in 2023? Ooh. I think the people who are imprisoned, in chains, in shackles, are tired of hearing the sound of hopelessness. Yeah. Coming from Christians. Yeah. Just imagine if Paul and Silas only complained. if it was the sound of depression, if it was the sound of ridicule, if it was just the sound of confusion, if it was just the sound of anger, if it was just the sound of disappointment, you gotta remember, what did Paul and Silas do? Like what, what were they in jail for that they actually deserved? Sometimes we good Christians and we still end up in chains. And our prayer is a prayer that sounds like we whining. And I'm here to tell you that is 1,000% okay. Am I okay to say that? That's 1,000. It is okay that something happens in your life, you don't agree with it, and you're whining. And you're disappointed and you're angry. And you're telling God, this should not be happening. I'm only doing what you told me to do. But here I am in chains, here I am in prison, here I am in a place that I don't want to be. I'm bruised, I'm broken, I'm naked, I'm cold. That prayer is 1,000% okay, but how many times have we been in community and we are giving out that sound with no praise after? The Bible did not say that Paul went to prison and at midnight he prayed and that was it. I believe if at midnight he prayed and that was it, there would have been no sound of freedom. Because I believe, not, uh, this is the thus say of KT version, I believe that Paul's prayer was a prayer of disappointment. I believe that he prayed to God and said, I do not want to be here. This is why. If Jesus, being Jesus, prayed to to, pray to God and was like, hey, I don't want to do this, then why would I believe that Paul was mightier than Jesus and was like, bring on the beating, Lord. No, Paul was probably whining. Silas was probably echoing every whine that Paul had. Yes, Jesus, I agree with what Paul said. But it was the sound of praise that followed. What has been affecting your sound of expectation so heavily that all you can do is whine? With no praise afterwards. Because prayer, in my opinion, prayer is a relationship sound. It is a sound of relationship. Praise is a sound of expectation because of that relationship. Woo! I didn't mean to say that, so I'm going to say it again as best as I can. We might just have have to throw that back up here and just let us all listen to it again. (laughs) <laughs> prayer is the sound I'm, I'm, I'm already knowing I'm gonna mess it up prayer is the sound that we give out because of the relationship that we have with God praise is because of the expectation that we have of God because of the relationship that we have with Him in prayer because most of us recognize that this isn't not my first time coming to you O oh Lord and how many times have you gotten me out of this before Paul was the one that said, you know how many times I've been beaten? I think he said three. Three times I've been beaten with the rod. Three times I've been left for dead after being beaten. He said, once I received a stoning. When you receive a stoning, they're literally, (laughs) the, the, the end expectation is death. We're not stoning you as a punishment and we hope you get it. We're stoning you with this punishment, and you're not going to be living when, we're get, when we get done with you. He said, I've been, I, I, I've been shipwrecked. I've had a night and day at a drift of the sea. I've been on frequent dirties, in dangers from rivers, dangers from bandits, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles. Hey, did I ever tell y'all I went to jail? It's crazy, Tori. Lock me up. It won't let me out, Akon. When I met my wife, but she was my girlfriend, I had a little bit of game. Oh, okay. I had a little bit of game. Game was little. It got her. So it was good enough. I had a little bit of game. And what I would do was I would write her these uh, these poems, these letters, right? So before we went to the bowling alley, which was our first date, I wrote her this letter. And I'm going to read it to you. Now I'm just playing. <laughs> You should have seen her face if we had had a camera right here. But I wrote her this letter. And then I took her to see Mr. 3000. This was on a separate date. But before we went on the date, I wrote her another poem. Because I rap. So it's easy to write a poem, right? So I wrote her these letters, and that's how I drew her in. That's how I got her. So then I get locked up. And (laughs) when I get locked up, while I was in prison, I continued to write her letters. But you know the reason why? Was because my love for her was not tied into my circumstance in my life. So when I was free, I wrote her letters. But when I was locked up, I still wrote her letters because my love for her didn't change because I was in chains. Sometimes I feel like we are the gods or the people that write a letter to God. Like we, we we trying to get that game going. But then once we get locked up, now all I want to do is whine. Now all I want to do is complain. I have no more love letter for you, Lord, because I am locked up. Paul said, it doesn't matter if I've been beaten three times, if I've been adrift to sea. He said, I've been in toil and hardship. I've been in danger in wilderness, at sea, false brothers and sisters, people who I thought was close to me, have turned their backs on me. I've been sleepless. I've been cold. I've been naked. But I will praise the Lord at all times because I know that none of those things are actually connected to my freedom. See, we thought that freedom only Lined up with chains. But Paul said, no, I can be in chains and still free. Mm, I'm preaching. It says at the right time. The right time. Right around midnight. The reason why the right time, the reason why the midnight part is so cold to me Is because it's 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 one thing to have a bad day. Right. (laughs) When, When like really like. Raise your hand if you've ever done anything for the Lord and when you did it, you felt good. Right. Think of that moment where you did something that you knew was good for the Lord. And you felt good. Because I know that like this woman had a spirit of divination. And it's because of my faithfulness to God that she is now walking upright. And then by midnight, you in jail. Yeah. Think of going from that feeling to that feeling. But not just in jail. but naked. Not because you took your clothes off, but because they were beaten off of you. Not in the outer part of the jails where it looks like you're going to get out, but in the inner parts. Now, the, the, ah, I can't get there yet. I got to move on. Midnight praise means I expect for my tomorrow to be different than my today. I don't care what they say. That was cold. You hear me? When you praise at midnight because you expect that your tomorrow is going to be better than your today, are you serious while you're in chains, while you're in prison, while you're still butt naked, still bleeding, still wounded, still in a situation to where you can't? Has anybody here been beaten as a child? Do you remember what it felt like when your when your parent whooped you and you could no longer feel the skin that was once there? And that belt mark? has like the, 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 the fat swollen part of your skin on the outside of where the belt hit. Just imagine being hit 39 times like that, but naked, and now you're slaying in your own blood and pain, but praising. Yeah. Because my expectation is that joy will come in the morning. Ooh, there's a sound of freedom. And the people are listening people of the world, the people of the church, it doesn't matter where you're at. The people are listening. They hear your prayers. They hear your prayers. They hear you whining. They hear you when you're concerned. They hear when you're hopeless and they hear when you have hope. What will they hear from you in 2024? Which brings me to my second point because when you do it the right way, you end up getting a a, a suddenly and you end up getting it immediately. Now, you're suddenly, the world will just try to discount. And the world can discount you suddenly. But they can't discredit you immediately. You what does the Bible say? The Bible says that they, they, they went forth in prayer. And they praised. And it said the, the jailers, they heard them. I don't know if they were asleep. I don't know what was happening, but... Whatever they were doing, they stopped doing, and then they started to listen. And directly after they heard the praise, they heard a shake. And it says the foundations of the prison were broken. I got to tell you before I move on that a lot of us have been looking at the prison bars. We've been looking at the shackles. We've been looking at the chains. We've been looking at the finances. We've been looking at our friends. We've been looking at our household. We've been looking at our children. We've been looking at the outward things and thinking to ourselves, how can I get this to be better? When something is shaken in the foundation of a situation, it means that only God did it. Only God can shake the foundation. He, only God can, can change something from underneath. But in that suddenly, I can understand how someone else from the outside in will try to take away your testimony and say, it was an earthquake. How does that have anything to do with God? Yes, the prison fell through. Yes, the roof is no longer a roof and the walls are down and the prison doors are open. I get it. But it was an earthquake. How can you say God did that? I get it. I'm okay with that. But what about my chains? Yeah. Why did my shackles fall off? Uh-huh. See, they can't discredit the fact that you're not yeah. hopeless anymore. Uh-huh. That's the shackles. Ooh. You can blame the job or the boss or the bank or the credit score or the finances or whatever it may be for the reason why the foundation of the issue is no longer the foundation of the issue. But why am I not talking about people behind their back like I used to? Why am I faithful now all of a sudden? Why am I righteous now all of a sudden? See, can you explain to me why my chains are off? Can you discredit my chains? Why I'm in my right mind? Why I'm full of joy? Why I'm full of peace? Why I'm not suicidal? Why I'm not drunk all the time? Why I'm not high all the time? Why I'm not a hoe like I used to be? Can you tell me why my chains are off? You might not understand my suddenly, but don't disrespect my immediately. Yes, sir, yes, sir. You gotta have a firm foundation to get your immediately. See, a firm foundation will allow for you to get knocked over and then still pop back up. Has anybody ever seen the video of that kid who's giving it to that Santa Claus balloon? He's boom, 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 and then the Santa Claus balloon fall down and it pop back up, and he like boom, 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 boom. Have y'all seen that video? It's amazing because every time he hits the Santa Claus, Santa Claus go down. Pop right back up, y'all haven't seen the video. I wish I'd I wish I'd knew how to i had add it up here, but everybody probably no, nah, it might be a broke person's toy, maybe maybe only, maybe maybe only us us broke people had that toy growing up. But it's like a balloon. It might be a clown, might be a Spider Man. But what would what would happen is you would do something to the thing, and then it will fall down. It will pop back up. No matter how many times you hit it, no matter what angle you kicked it, it would fall down and it would pop back up. Now, when I was a child, I had those things every Christmas, which makes me believe maybe it's a broke people's story. I literally got it like four Christmases in a row. So what I thought about last night was what I didn't understand as a child was there was something inside of it that had a firm foundation. And sometimes when you knock something down, And you don't understand what's inside of it, you won't understand why it just keeps popping back up no matter what angle you hit it or kick it or push it or knock it over. It's No matter what you do to it, it's going to... See, that's what I want our praise to be like. That sound of freedom that no matter what it is that you do to me, it don't matter how you karate chop my marriage, it don't matter how you try to kick my children, it don't matter how you try to kung fu my finances, I'm going to pop back up because there's something inside of me that... Make sure that I stand upright. Yes, sir. I believe Paul got to a place where those physical chains, those physical issues, they could not outweigh the fact that spiritually he was free. Yes, sir. Mm. Amen. Do you have a? I will bless the Lord at all times. Yes, sir. Do you have a? His praise shall continuously be in my mouth. Do you have a yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I shall fear no evil for Sometimes the physical chains don't do nothing but remind you of the fact that you're free. Paul and Silas were up at midnight, knowing that weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I wish I had just a, just a couple of people with me that understood the sound of freedom. And Mark, uh, Jesus, is dealing with a leper, and when he gets done healing the leper, he says, please don't go tell anybody. The leper leper goes directly out and gives forth praise. I want to say it's in like Luke 17 or something like that. He's dealing with a mute and a deaf person. And, and, And he heals them both, and then he speaks to the crowd, and he says, please don't go tell nobody. And the Bible says the more he would tell people, don't say nothing, the more praise they would give him. This is my issue with that. They were told not to praise. But they, it's like a fire shut up in my bones. I can not not praise you. He actually gives us the order to praise him. And we're silent. How can you be free and silent? Because once you get a taste of freedom, there's no going back. That's my point three. I'm going to get out of here. Once you get a taste. I remember the first time I dipped a double stuffed Oreo. I probably told this story before, but if you've had a double stuffed Oreo before, like you get it. I promise you, the snow was up to here, Mr. Hunker. And me and Dio walked through a football field of snow to get to this giant eagle. And that's when I seen it. (laughs) That's when I seen it. I knew that there was Oreos, but I had never seen the double stuff. Once I got a taste, Corey. I literally been eating double stuffed Oreos for the last 25 years. I've almost put my kids on punishment for looking for Oreos and realizing there's none. The anger that I have. Because once you get a taste of something that that's, that's that good, I refuse to allow for anyone else to be the reason why I don't get to taste it again. How many times have you allowed for someone else to be the reason why you're not tasting something that God has literally created for you? This is what he means when he says at the beginning, don't allow for yourself to go back into the yoke of slavery. Don't allow for yourself to get to a place to where you're not tasting my freedom. Because people will try to give you chains thinking that that will make you go back spiritually into a place of of slavery. And this is where Paul and Silas got it right. I know that chains is not what I want for myself physically, but I want to allow for chains to take me back to a place to where I'm not supposed to be spiritually. I can't allow for the physical circumstance that I'm going through to put me in a place where I cannot taste of his goodness. And this is why their prayer was followed by their praise. And when you think about the fact that these people were listening, this is just the same Paul and Silas that were preaching about chains the day before. How many times have we came up here and accidentally preached about chains? It's easy to preach about change. It's hard to worship and praise while you're in them. But they showed that not only did I preach about change the day before, preach about freedom the day before. But even though I'm in change the day before midnight shows up, I'm praising and I'm singing and I'm praying to the same Lord that I expect to get me out of them. So the Bible says the the prayers of the righteous woke them up and the praise of the saints got got them up. I wonder what song Paul was singing. That the foundations of this situation broke. And the Bible says that what the jailer or, or yeah, what the jailer did was he immediately grabbed for his sword in the darkness. Remember, eventually he asked for a light, which means that he could not see. All he knew that I heard praying, I heard praising, then I felt the foundations shake. And I know I heard prison doors open I know I heard chains open so I know that these people are now free and gone so I'm not about to take all of their punishment I'm just going to kill myself and it says that Paul shouted out before he did so could you imagine what that what that phone call would have been like for that jailer when he had to explain yeah yeah uh yeah you didn't feel the you didn't feel the earthquake <laughs> It didn't yeah. It didn't hit that part of Rome. Oh, it was only here. Okay. Um, well, let me tell you what happened. Uh they're all gone. Well, yeah, I'm trying to explain to you about the earthquake. Oh, you you want to know about the chains? But yeah, I don't know how they all got out of the chains. So he said, I'm gonna kill myself. But Paul shouts out and says, Do not harm yourself, for we are all here. I already told you that the the, the prisons were not created to be a space for reform. No, I didn't. I I made sure I was going to save that for the end. The prisons were not a place for reform back then. They didn't give you a punishment with the hope that, you know, I give you five to six years and then we'll put you in front of a parole board. And then hopefully you've got it by then and then we'll lead you back out to society. What the expectation was when you went to prison was you're going to die there. We were going to pull you out and kill you. Or we're going to pull you out and beat you again. So these, these, these other men, not Paul and Silas, but these other men, they had every reason in the world that when their chains were loose to run, why do you think that they stayed with Paul and Silas? Because when you taste the freedom of God, I don't want to go back to where I was before I entered this jail. need to stay right here with you because what I just witnessed is too grand for me to understand and then the jailer he gets a light and he comes and he's trembling and he goes before Paul and he says something that's amazing he says what must I do to be saved he did not ask for salvation that comes later he said what can i do to be free like you are think about it paul is still in prison it takes a day later for them to tell paul that he can actually get out of prison but he looks at a person that's in prison and says how can i be free like you how can i have the joy that you have because i'm in freedom my mind but the chains that I have in my heart and in every other place in my life it has me sleep at midnight but the freedom that you have the, the, the God that you serve has you singing out praises even when you're in chains I'm here to tell you that there's a sound of freedom That sound is not dictated by your circumstances. It is a praise that says, I will praise you at all times. It's a rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. I know we are working on our private worship. I know we are working on our private prayer. I know that we are creating prayer clauses at home and finding more ways to find God in our daily lives. And that's needed. But if you can't praise like Paul in jail, And that jail experience isn't something that you can just muster up. If you're not praising and praying at home, you're not going to praise and pray in jail. Some of our praise and worship on Sunday, is, is, it's, un, it's, 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 an, it's not authentic. It's ineffective. And it's not that God doesn't hear you. It's that you don't hear yourself. You don't believe what you're saying because you're not doing it on a daily basis. There's no way for LeBron to be LeBron only when the Clippers show up. He has to work out Monday, Tuesday. He's got to work out throughout the summer. He's got to lift after practice. He's got to lift after games. God is calling us to do the work outside of Sunday morning service. Not because you are called to be free, but because you are called to be free so that you can get someone else out of chains. Bless up.